Welcome to the Mikvah Minute, an Eden Center production with Gabrielle Hodes, an experienced college teacher and intimacy counselor, who will be discussing real-life questions around Mikvah and intimacy while giving tips for improving one's experience. I am super excited to have Michal Ronis with me today. Michal is my personal Yoet Adacha um, and our wonderful Yoet Adacha from Ramat Bet And I felt that it would be more appropriate to discuss the sort of questions that we receive together with Michal as a Yoet as the nature of the questions were maybe more halachic based. And I felt that that would be sort of more appropriate for our podcast. So one of the questions that I received was a question about harchakot, asking, you know, can I really not pass the salt? Are you are you serious? So I wanted to hear what you have to say about this, and I'm definitely happy to sort of tell you what I say to uh, to my kalot. But let's hear from your side. What would you say to someone who asked you that question? Okay, so when we're discussing harchakot, I feel it's really important to understand the the way it developed and the sources of why we have these harchakot and also the different levels because the the basic thing of when a woman is nida, then they're not allowed to have relations. And that's the Isurda Raita where we've started from. And and as a result of that, we have the halachot of harchakot which include not sleeping in the same bed together in order to avoid coming to a situation of having relations. It also means not touching and touching because intimate touch can lead to relations. So if we just take the, the aspects of harchakot of touching, that we have different categories because we have intimate touch and then we have just touch like holding hands in the street which could be for some intimate, could be for some just that's the way we walk. That's the way we we spend time together. And then we have the touching could be by mistake. Like when I'm passing something to my husband, by mistake we touch. And then we even have the passing opens up a whole gamut of minhagim when we're sitting and eating dinner, if we're passing something to each other, if we're if we're passing the kiddish cup to each other, may, there's a whole discussion of whether kiddish or wine is more intimate. Or so then there's different rules if I'm passing a cup of water or I'm passing a cup of wine. Anyway, this is the, the all the different halachic discussion. So when we're talking about passing a salt shaker. So first of all, we want to understand the reason that we don't pass a salt shaker is because maybe we will touch. So then people say, so what? If I'm touching by mistake when I'm passing, it's not a big deal. It's true it's not a big deal. But this is where the law, the laws and the minhagim have, have developed from. So if a woman is sitting at the table with all her family or guests, and, and if, so obviously passing the salt shaker to her husband at a public event is not going to it's not going to turn into an intimate act and it's definitely not and it's probably not going to turn into any type of touching however if they're sitting at a romantic dinner together and she's passing the salt shaker then it can definitely develop into something else so so the thing is that in halacha we don't talk about 
every single different category separately. We, we have rules and we have, and we have a system and the system developed based on the understanding of the things we're trying to prevent. And so, so that's how we got to the salt shaker because we want to avoid passing because passing can come to touching and touching can come to intimacy, which can come to an Isura del writer. There is a machloket where the touching, the intimate touching could also be an Isura del writer according to different opinions. So, um, so that's why we're so careful about touching and that's why we're careful. Therefore, as a result, we're careful about passing. Okay, that's great. I think that that's important to clarify. You mentioned at some point that it's minhag. So you're saying it's a, it's a halachic discussion. Some of these harchakot are minhagim. Some of them are halachot. How do we look at them? Well, I think that the, the, in rabbinic literature, we will relate differently to passing as opposed to touching because we said that passing is a siyag to touching. So that's why the passing is the minhag that resulted as a, from the isur of touching. And then we also have the discussion of possibly passing in public could be different. And that's where it comes into to minhagim, because there are some couples who never pass, even when she's not nida. And there are some couples that, that may pass only in public because it won't be able to lead to intimacy or touching in any, you know, any type of touching because they're sitting at a table full of other people. Right. And um, I think also sometimes in public, they feel that they would rather keep the fact that they are nida and therefore not touching something more private. And they feel that it will be very obvious that if they refrain from passing, then everybody will know that they're nida and they feel that that's embarrassing or not modest. And well, so they yeah. take that into consideration as well. So yeah, and that opens up to a whole different discussion about if I'm embarrassed that people should know that I'm nida. And although there is a discussion as far as how the woman feels, quod abriot, as far as what her status is, but there's also an idea of like whether we need to be embarrassed that we're keeping tarat hamishpacha and uh, Baruch Hashem, we're you know we're ovulating and going to the mikvah and uh, and you know is that something that we should feel uncomfortable about? But that's for another time. I'm yeah, sure. that's another discussion. Yeah, so I think again when I teach hachakot, I very much try and look at it as you know I think touch and sexual intimacy is something which is very powerful. And we hope that a couple who love each other and are attracted to each other want to touch each other. And therefore, the Torah looks at this situation in a way, a very impossible situation, where you've got a couple living in the same house, going to bed in the same bedroom and saying, hang on, there's, let's say, 12 days in a month in certain circumstances where the couple are not able to touch so now what are we going to do? How are we going to help them? How are we going to create a non-sexual space? And I think when we look at all the harchakot, they're really here to try and create that non-sexual space. They're here to try and create a space where they can first of all have reminders throughout the day at mealtimes or the fact that every time they want to pass something, it's reminding them of what their status is. And by having those reminders, we can either look at them as a siag, as a fence to prevent or we can also look at them as just a framework creating a certain space in which they can function you know I often make a comparison when we think about Shabbat we don't think about oh my goodness I can't be on my phone or I can't do this often we have an association of family or just nachat or downtime well how did we create that space how did we create that reality often that space is created by all the things that we are not allowed to do 
And then within that, we can actually flourish and think about what we do want for that time. Um, and also, I would add, when you're talking about a non-sexual space, I would talk about a non-sexual relationship as well. So when you say like it's an impossible situation, on the other hand, it forces us to create different types of relationships. And, and I would hope that women and men can experience a non-sexual relationship as powerful and strong and actually intimate and close without the sexual touch. So exactly. obviously it's a bigger, it's a, we're aspiring to that, but in my experience, then it, it is something that we can achieve. For sure. And I think, again, I often talk about the five love languages and say, okay, well, we've got four out of the five that we can express during the time that we are Nida and that we can't touch. And let's look at ways of nurturing those other love languages during that time so that exactly we're not just thinking about what can we not do let's focus in positively what can we do during this time so that we can find lots of different ways of connecting both emotionally and intellectually and spiritually so that we come out sort of not only intact but again thriving and that we're actually nurturing uh, our relationship during this time yeah that's um, great that's yeah right. so it's not easy for everybody yeah exactly it's not about the salt shaker and I think it's just about reframing and looking at things from a different different perspective mm -hmm. okay great thank you this podcast is hosted by the Eden Center whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health well-being and healthy relationships enhancing Jewish women and family life we invite you to visit our website, www.theedincenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. This episode is a product of the Eden Center. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating Share this podcast on social media and encourage others to subscribe.